Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. I know you're always ready. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with the one and only Daniel. Oh, well, thank you for that introduction. Hello. And I am Eduardo. And today we'll be discussing the magnetic field that surrounds each living being that is also known as an aura. We will um, break down the uh, understanding of the eighth chakra and really just take a deeper dive as we always do in what it means to have the ability to amplify this aura and understand how it interacts with our universe, the soul, and really what this golden garment really represents as we've talked about before. And so without further ado, we'll do a little background on the idea of what auras are and how they uh, apply to the layers of our physical, emotional, and divine um, connection to each person and how they operate. Right on, man. Well, great, great introduction. Um, and you're, you're right. This is kind of a topic that has a lot of information out there. And so there is so much information out there, it's going to be impossible to cover it, obviously, within just one podcast episode. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to really be kind of focusing on today is the light body, which is kind of the goal of why you study auras. Because what we're looking at to do is we're looking out to balance out all those different hues so we can actually outwardly express this light body. Got and it. this is actually going to be the vehicle of your spiritual transformation outside of the physical realm. Okay, so it behooves us very much to start constructing this in the physical realm because this is how you transport in the astral in the spiritual realms. So this is kind of the vehicle of your next body. And it's something that you can actually get connected to in the physical realm. Hmm. And that's really what like getting enlightened and raising your vibration is. It's moving your way up to reconnect with that light body. Okay. Cause this body is a part of you. It just depends if there's any kind of communication actually happening. Right. We're going to kind of talk about how that, how that communication works. So what you really kind of want, a good way to kind of think about this is it, it, it's going to be right on the same frequency as the chakras. Right. Okay. So the chakras are really the reflection of your energy, your energy body on the inside, mm-hmm. where the aura is going to be more of a reflection of your energy body on the outside. Okay. And this makes perfect sense with as within, so without, right? So it's, it, it follows the principles that we've been studying. And that's exactly what it's saying. You know, what we're going to kind of be looking at is almost like the chakras and the bouncing of the chakras are going to be the causation and the effects of that causation are going to be seen in your aura. aura. It's like the combination of tapping all, into all of them, right? Exactly. And it's going to be the balancing of those chakra energies, right? Making sure that those chakras are actually expressing themselves. And when they're expressing themselves in this healthy seven, you know, the seven step process, what it is, is balancing your chakras. What that's going to do is it's going to open up the next octave. And that's when you're going to kind of be tapping into like, people talk about the eighth, ninth, and the 10th chakra, and they're going to make their way up 
because it works just like a musical scale. So you have to turn on all your chakras within the physical before you can kind of tap into that spiritual. And it actually has, when you activate these seven chakras and they're in a, a proper balance within yourself, it actually emits this light body. Because you've now balanced the seven colors of the rainbow, so you have this almost pure pureness that's kind of radiating from yeah. you. Okay, and this is what the golden fleece is in mythology. Okay, we spoke about this with soul over circumstance. This is the greater stone of alchemy. Okay, so again, remember everything's just kind of make its way back around, and so this is why alchemy is in seven steps. This is why you deal with the seven chakras, um, and this is also the really the seven colors of the rainbow. So. This light body is very much formed, like we said, with the balancing of our chakras, but it also can be receptive to your environment. Right. Okay. So this is how, when you, you know, some empath, people that are really have that empathy really um, expressed in themselves and people that kind of feel their environments, it's actually your environment. When you feel energy, it's your environment interacting with your aura. So depending on, this is why when somebody walks into a room and they might be having a tough day, you can kind of feel it especially if you're a little bit more sensitive to this, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And I was going to say, I know that um, one thing I meant to say when we started this is, you know, in Latin, aura just means uh, the, the wind or breeze, um, so like a breath. Right. And so when you, or in ancient Latin, I should say, um, it, it, what you just said about when someone comes through the door, someone walks in, I mean, you can feel that energy. You're like, oh, this person's- Good or bad. Good, yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so one of the processes of why we want to balance our seven chakras is also going to be, you know, as we kind of fully unify these energies that are within us and we really develop them and we develop them in accordance to ourselves as individuals, what you're actually going to be able to do is create a um, aura protection. So you're right. actually going to be able to shield yourself from environmental energies, okay? And this is why when you spiritually make your way through the process of alchemy and you keep climbing up those ladders, this is why the outside world has less of an effect on you as it did when you were first starting the process. Because the world doesn't get so much more peaceful. Um, you still see fear. You still see pain. Um, you actually might even see a little bit more of it, but your relationship to it is different right. at this realm. And that's what this aura protection is going to do. You're going to be able to create a barrier to this energy that could be very negative that's in your environment, and this acts as a shield. So it it not only is the vehicle of how our soul transports, but it's also what's going to protect the finer essences of our individual selves. No, that's that's amazing you say that, because I know that people who have been skeptical of the aura, which is just, in, it, as it's been read, or, you know, in my opinion of my interpretation, is that this electric magnetic field that is influenced by the things that are physiologically happening um, to our organs or to our vital uh, organs, that is. And so, like, the brain, the heart, um, the nervous system, they're all easily triggered by external um, sources. And if you know how to have a piece from within, like a blind man might have, you know, uh, all his vital organs intact without, you know, having the sympathetic system go out of whack and, and introducing like a ton of, uh, uh, adrenaline from your adrenal glands, which can be very poisonous at a very high uh, amount. He won't have any of those effects because he can't see the physical world with, you know, the, with the lack of that of his vision. Right. And so it's interesting how you could be like, Oh no, you'd have to like describe to him, or at least you'd have to have an auditory uh, interpretation of the chaos around him for, for those vital organs to get out of whack. And then, and, and then 
his aura would be dimmed, right? It'd be like mm-hmm. a muddy color to the color that he already emanates based on his like interpretation of what's happening internally right. to himself. And so I love that you're saying that because you can tell when someone's electric magnetic field is out of balance based on the fact that the external um, circumstances have affected those things that realistically, whether you believe or don't believe in this sort of electric magnetic field is influenced. So if someone's nervous system is out of balance or someone's heart rate is too high and someone's brain can't function to the full potential because of all these things not being in synchronicity, their aura is dimmed. And so it's, it's very evident, you know, you just, right. you just have to look at it from a different perspective, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I really no, like absolutely. that you kind of like just presented that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, and you know, that brings up a good matter when it talks about like environmental factors, because it is, it's other people's energies, but then also the, the energies that we're bombarded with, you know, um, wireless energies, radar. I mean, it's one of those things were energy. So when there's this like invisible energy around, not saying that it's maybe as bad as people maybe say it is, but there's still some kind of connection with the energy that's around us, right? And so we have to be kind of aware of that and be sensitive to that. And also, you know, get to the spot where we are protecting ourselves. If it is, you know, there's a reason why you don't stand close to a microwave. Like you might have your own opinions on whether you use a microwave or not, but most of us agree it's not good to just like stick and like watch your food cook in a microwave, right? Even if you eat a microwave and you're like, oh no, I'm totally fine with it. I don't, I don't have any concerns. Even those people are like, oh, I can feel something when I'm just like watching it, right? Like when you're like 13 watching like a bean burrito, um, that's really, really bad for you, right? So there's all these different kind of environmental factors that play in, but that's a that's a big part of the alchemist is fielding out the environment so you only get gold out of your environment. So you don't let these lower vibrations, whether they're from people or electronic devices, or really just maybe the fear of the collective consciousness at the time, impede. Because what we're going to see is, again, it goes down to that choice between love and fear. Love is going to purify your aura. It's going to bring you closer to that golden fleece and that light body. And fear is going to dim it and shrink it. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's going to get very dark, non-illuminated colors. And it's right. going to be you know, me against you. And it's going to be this whole, this whole system. So this, this magnetic field is really kind of fascinating. Um, and this is why they called, this is the furnace that you're actually working with in alchemy. Again, remember, alchemy is told as a physical thing, but it's actually a spiritual thing. This is the furnace that they're talking about. The furnace not only represents your attention and you're able to do introspection, but it also is the magnetic, like the magnetic field um, and all the different kind of colors and hues that emanate from it. And so what we're really kind of trying to do in this aspect is like a complete reorganization of our material selves into this development of the spiritual self. And then as we kind of balance those colors, that's exactly what we're going to change. But any major trend in your disposition is going to result in a major change in the colors, the tones of the human body. So what's kind of interesting with understanding this energy is you can't lie about this energy like you can lie with your ego. Right. Right. So like I can walk in this situation today and you'd be like, hey man, you're like 10 minutes late. Is everything okay? And I could be like, oh yeah, man, everything's okay, but it might not be okay. But I can give you my persona and my ego can kind of come out and like say like, no. But if you were actually could see my aura when I walked in, you'd be like, even if I said that, you'd be like, the colors don't lie. Right. So 
it's this interesting aspect of when we're really aligning ourselves with truth and kind of going with this aspect, this, this whole organization and this whole procedure to kind of like activate this light body is to be honest with your light body and to connect with it and actually perceive on what it's actually doing and seeing this as almost your pendulum of truth because you can kind of read it correctly. Like, am I actually excited about this situation? You can really kind of tap into that color and be like, no, actually, I'm actually pretty fearful of something right now. You know, so it's a way to really kind of talk to your direct self. And it's a great, um, it's just a great indicator of where we are. Yeah. Um, you know, in our in our lives. So it's really interesting that we're going to kind of really be making up this divine chemistry of man. And this divine chemistry of man is going to be these seven emanations that come from the chakra system. Right. And we're just going to be working on, you know, really a completely honest um, reorganization of this magnetic field. And it's going to be really, really important as we kind of move forward. Because you know, this this field is very interesting because our thoughts are electric and our feelings are magnetic. So it's an electromagnetic field. So it's the coming together of both. So not only is it how we think and how we relate to the world and our perspective, it's also what we're attracting to our lives. Right. Right. So this, this aura plays such a huge aspect in this alchemical process because this is, this is how you can almost like process your effects by how strong of an aura are you creating? And you can right. kind of see the growth and the development, but that growth and development, that aura needs you to be honest with yourself. You can't lie to yourself. Like this is why shadow work is so important because shadow work, you can go your whole life and avoid it and never kind of have to be honest with yourself about certain things. And you might think you're fine. You're like, you know what? I don't, I don't open that closet because I'm scared of what's in that closet. And you physically might be fine and you might, you know, monetarily be fine, but your aura is never going to be fine as long as you're avoiding that closet. Right. You know, so you need to kind of go through, and this is again why we do the shadow work, but this is the light that lights you through your shadow work. Right. Is your aura. Right. And it's such this, this kind of this really, really kind of important aspect. So again, we when we we spoke a lot about truth with the Great Light Lodge last week, and that's exactly what we're looking at. And what we're really understanding now is that truth is not this word that can simply be defined, but more of a maturity that we're all growing towards. Right. And as we grow towards truth, our light body is going to be more intact. And this vehicle for the transformation of our soul is going to be created. And we can kind of get into that. And again, I think we're going to probably do a lot of um, some patron series on this for the fact that slides would be really nice for this because like the platonic solids kind of come in at this point and like the Merkaba and it's just a very interesting kind of way of how you can kind of activate these light bodies. And, you know, this, all this stuff can be Really, you know, through self introspection for sure, but there's great meditations on these plant, these platonic solids. There's great meditations on, you know, to kind of change your disposition and kind of get your aura kind of an alignment for the moment being. So it's just a very, we've always, you know, we always talk about some stuff isn't so much hands on, but this is when you're looking at your aura and kind of understanding how to, you know, express it. 
it's very much like a hands-on kind of work. So as it should kind of be. Perfect, I, yes. Again, we're, if we're, as, as you're saying, you know, this electric magnetic field that surrounds us, that is, you know, the combination between your emotions and your perception of, of, you know, the world around you and how it combines together reacts in a way that is undeniable to, to anybody who isn't, who isn't even like wanting to tap into any kind of spirituality, which is always interesting when they have these discussions with you, because you'll have all these, I guess like skeptics that don't want to take a deeper dive into, you know, that that can't be seen, but yet science in itself, you know, goes into describing what energy is and and the fact that we've been able to go in such a microscopic fashion to understand what an atom does and, and how it's, you know, mainly empty space, you know, and, and how it has a positive charge and what that positive charge is made out of, of course, something's going to influence that positive charge. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, whether they, they carry a negative or positive charges to say, so, um, if we're made up of that, then this electric field is is easily influenced by external, um, circumstances that then affect the internal, which then in turn makes you realize, you know, um, what's going on with someone or not. And I feel like obviously in my opinion, again, uh, female energy, um, can pick this, this up a lot quicker than, than, uh, the male energy. I think that they do the, do it a little more naturally. I know that for a fact, um, as a child, like there was no way of denying what was going on internally to like an older woman who's like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, Oh, you're really, really asking. Cause I can, I can give you a false answer and say, Oh, I'm fine. Because they're like, no, I see something like your light is dim right now. And you're like, well, I've never even heard my teacher or my, mm-hmm. you know, mother or family member or friend say such, such a thing to me like that. Like, what do they mean? It's like, no, no one's talking about like, you know, this long winded explanation of like what lies between this world and the world after someone's just saying there's something very evident about the energy field around you. That's sort of on a low right now. And what is that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so anyway, so I just, I think it's interesting that, you know, we have this, this conversation, uh, in between, you know, understanding the scientific idea of where this all sort of has a, a role in it all, but also like the meditation as you're talking about is important because I don't think we, and I think this happens all the time to, to individuals who are on a journey to become more enlightened or understand themselves better is that like this mechanical body, this physical body still needs to be put through some kind of process in order to have the diamond come through. And, you know, and that pressure that we talk about that makes diamonds does have to happen. And maybe that is that you took an extra hour to climb to the top of your highest hill or tree or mountain or your roof and sit in a position quietly, not hoping that something would happen, but allowing for something to happen. And we don't give ourselves enough permission to do that because it's like, well, it's gotta be just perfect. There's gotta be like, you know, these crystal bowls have to be there and there's got to be this sage burning and it's got to be a class I just paid, you know, $35 for from this one. It's like, no, it does not, you know, like you can't, um, put all these layers on top of it in order to have this breakthrough experience. Like the, the breakthrough experience is you just taking a time for yourself in a moment to align these chakras in order to give permission for a better understanding of like the electric magnetic fields around you that are going to surround um, not only your external body, but your internal body. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that, man, because you're right in that mode. 
You're not trying to add more layers. You're trying to de-layer. Exactly. You're trying to get to the car, the cause of everything. Right. That, that core aspect. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's again, there's, there's so much in the spiritual development that is the, the de-layering, right. And the removing of right. certain things. When we talk about attachments, you know, even the attachment to your own spiritual development is something that you to uh, to actually activate this light body into this Christ consciousness is something you have to detach from yourself. Yeah, it can't be just for you know I want to get more spiritually advanced because I want to be the greatest guru of all time or I want to be the best spiritual teacher of all time. You almost you have to excuse that. Like you're gonna get. The only like really will that you want to do is I'm going to get to the aspect that I play the biggest piece I can in the evolution of consciousness. And that's it. You know, I can't, you almost taking the self out because it's, it's the, it's that again, it's the advancement of that great plan. That's what the great white lodge waits for. And again, they don't, they're not worried about how many people are joining the great light lodge because they just need one, one every thousand years is is what they need because this is a lodge that's been in existence forever, right? right? So their numbers are powerful. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about this delayering, it's these these principles that are being expressed here and these disciplines that we've talked about are actually very simple to understand. Right. The difficulty arises in their application. And that is yes. the tallest tale aspect of the occult. You read... You know, you read the Hermetica, you read these beautiful, really condensed texts about this information, and you can understand cause and effect, you can understand vibration. These are all familiar topics to you, but it comes down to the application. So like the law of cause effect is an absolute metaphysical law that we know of, and there's there's no way that you're ever going to stop that law. But rather we need to educate and what we we really are trying to do is educate and instruct the individual to have the courage to start to put right causes in motion. Right. And this is what the activation of the light body is. So again, this is never just going to be bestowed on us because that doesn't follow natural law. So I know we have this talk right now in like the new age community about like, oh, there's this new earth getting created. The new earth could get created. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen, but it's not just going to be bestowed on individuals that haven't done the work. Like there's, that's, this whole thing is about evolution. Nothing is handed out in this world, Mm -mm. especially in this physical world. And our spiritual development is the greatest example of that. Right. Right. There's no such thing as just like handouts other than your birthright, which is you partake in creation, which is the ultimate birthright to be. Um, But again, we have to cut that connection. We have to make that realization. It has to come through us and we have to activate that. So, you know, this, this idea of the individual has, if he wants to be at peace, he has to make peace first, right? If he wants to be wise, he has to, you know, he has to start really thinking about his actions. Nothing just is kind of handed off. And that's what this light priority shows. So there's no faking it. There's absolutely no, no faking it because it's the effect. It's the emanation that's coming from that chakra system. Um, Actually, uh, I have to interrupt because it has to do with you, man. Uh, I was like, when when do I say this? But I'll wait until it seems right. What you just said about not faking it. So for those who, I mean, obviously, 
many of you who did listen to this podcast realize Daniel and I have like, you know, over a 20 year history of being friends. But one of the things that um, I'm most proud of, of being friends with you is what you've done when you've arrived a place and then left the place. Because when you arrive and leave, I've had people who have nothing to do with uh, knowing like what your path is or what you have done and have not done. But what they say is, man, that guy just seems so at peace. I just want to be around him. I remember the first time my mom said that she's like, oh, I could just sit and talk to Daniel for a while because there's just no challenge coming from him. And I said, oh, that's weird. I was like, I mean, I I agree. I said, but do you meet a lot of people that, and she's like, well, yeah, everybody is just giving you their surface answers. And she's like, so every time I've, I've sit around or have heard Daniel um, talk, I just don't feel that. And I feel like it's interesting that you and I both kind of have that when we've walked into rooms where people don't know us. And what I'm getting at is like, let's just say you're a person who went on vacation. Vacation gave you enough time to have this charge in your body and this alignment that you may have not given yourself permission for. And it's funny how you get back to the office and Bob is like, dude, there's just a glow about you. Like maybe I should check out Cozumel, you know? And it's like, even the person who's experiencing might go, yeah, it was a great time. And really what you've done is you've just allowed yourself to get out of the way, not just of yourself, but let, you know, the forces of this energy sort of enter you with a lot more ease than before because you don't have an expectation nor a priority to um, deliver something that society has constructed around you that blocks those energies um, at, at such a at such a way that people now notice those energies are flourishing and what did you do to get to that um, I want that as well and so I think that one of the main ways to do that is to lose everything you've ever had that you had physical attachment to because then you have nothing more to lose. And so when you and I walk into places like I could, I could care if I lost everything. I just always like have a guitar. It's the only materialistic thing that's created in this world that I'm like, ah, oh, but I really want that one thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Other than that, everything else can just go. And if it did, then you're not going to see me in a low. You're just going to see me in like, oh, well, and you've already started to that a long time ago. And I feel like that's why you're always on a permanent vacation in a way to people when they see you and they see that glow. They're like, oh, like, what has he done? Like, that guy must have hit the lottery because, like, he seems a lot less stressed than most people that have walked in through this door right now. Or they're holding something back. You don't – there's nothing about you that makes me go, like, oh, man, like, Daniel was wearing this – this really nice suit, but it almost seemed tight enough that I couldn't even breathe the way he was like, I'm like, I don't think he was really wearing it for himself as much as he was wearing it for the room. And I don't know, it just made him not look great in that suit. It's quite the opposite. When I see you, whatever, you know, attire you're wearing, you just still look like yourself from the eyes. When I look at you, you're not like, Hey man, like I took this job. I don't like, but it's what I had to do. And I'm like, Oh man, you just like dimmed yourself even more. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you could have done that, but you did. Uh, instead it's the opposite so always have been proud to have that as a friend with you you know people always say tell me who your friends are and i'll know more about you so like you've always been someone where like when people meet you for the first time they're like "Ah, i don't know i just feel i feel okay and i'm like good because that's how i feel so then that confirms that like nothing's changed about my friend over here um you know and so and people want to know how to do that too 
Um, but it's really hard because then you're like, well, this is where this is Daniel's circumstances right now. And they're like, yeah, oh, like, I, they're like, I don't know if I want all that. Uh, you can't actually have a car. Um, <laughs> you're living in a casita. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but anyways. no, dude, that was that. You just that was so nice. Uh, but it's a hundred percent. You know, this this is also what attracted us to each other because I think we've always had that energy about each other. You know, and it's it's what's so electric too about the times that we've. Um, been able to meet people in person from like the podcast because it, it's the exact same feeling we're picking up because right. there's this lightness to our lives when we start to realize that you know again I'm not going to be buried with pockets I can't take any of this here right you know the only things I can take here is to develop my character and to develop myself and when you do that and we start making those processes to reorganize ourselves we do put our best face forward because we're putting our real face exactly, you know, and that now that light is able to shine through the shadow. Right. And that's what this, that's what this whole thing is about. And so, yeah, again, man, that was, you were so nice. That's such a beautiful thing. And I completely resonate it with you and it's, it's an amazing thing. And it's, it's something that again, we, you know, you can't manifest peace, but you can organize to create peace, right? right. Peace is an effect. It's not a cause. Yeah. And that's kind of something we're looking at. Um, but, but again, all, all of this reorganization is going to be a completely independent thing. So it's always going to be completely different of how we reorganize these internal energies. So they express out in the best possible expression they possibly can is going to be completely independent on the individual's story and their circumstances. Right. Right. And so one of the things that's really, I think important to do with this is when people are like, well, how do I strengthen this? Or how do I really create this? First thing I would do is again, get, get a birth chart, study a birth chart. Um, that would be a great thing. Just kind of look at, you know, where your planets are, what houses are, what kind of energies are really expressing. And that would be a great thing. Obviously the study of alchemy and just the process of, you know, how do you concentrate? Because alchemy is so much about concentration and also like detaching from concentration and like stepping back to that over self. And then it's like that flux between, right? So they're both really important. Numerology is going to play a huge role in strengthening your aura. And, and then the other one that is so important that we overlook, I think a little too much um, sometimes is your name. And actually what your name phonetically means and what that breaks down. Because again, there's, there's, um, I don't want to call it like speculation, but there's imagination that gets put into this of different, you know, teachers as well as individuals that might be channeling, you know, like what is the process of getting your name? And there's a lot of people that believe that you choose your own name, right? Or your name's kind of bestowed on right. you, you know, just like how, we get inspiration that kind of comes through. Your parents kind of get this inspiration of, oh, this is the name that I want it to be. It's really, really important, you know, because it actually plays out part of your story and the vibration that's attracted to you. And your connection with your name, every time you hear that name, your aura is going to change a different color. And when you have a better connection with your name, when you hear your name, it's actually a very pleasant experience where Actually, sometimes people can have negative experiences when they they don't like their name because they don't know who they are. And there's like this like subconscious thing that's actually happening. But like, you know, if I like look back on my life and I kind of think about it, because again, my my path has been a little abnormal, right? In certain kinds of roles. The only time that I feel like when I feel that my aura is shrinking, when it's dimin diminishing, it's when I'm looking for other people's approval. 
Okay. So like did the restaurants for three years. I wanted to do that for a creative expression. I wanted to do all this stuff, but I think there was also this, like, I wanted to show like what I thought I was capable of. Right. Right. With like building an empire, you know, not building an empire, but building a business, decorating it, choosing the music and all this stuff. And there's been certain other things I've done in my life that I've done for myself and I feel a lot of growth from. And then there's other things that I watch and I do it for other people's um, approval. And every time I've done something for another person's approval, my environment collapses on me, right? Like my business partner, my first business gets rabies, right? And he just goes crazy. Um, you know, I try to build, I try just to get a nine to five. And I try just to work that normal 40 hour a week, maybe rent the house, get the, it, something crumbles, right? Something always does. But when I just live by my own approval and I just really connect into like, what's good for me, everything starts to pan out. Now I might not be like so much monetary, like there might not be a lot of money in my bank account, but I'm like at peace. I'm in that kind of that vacation mode. And it's, it's so easy, man, because I feel like so much of my life I was doing stuff, especially early on for other people's approval. Right. Um, and then you like go back and you look at your name, right. And you're like, Dan, Dan in Hebrew is judge. I know we've spoken about this before, but this is kind of a realization I've had recently, but Dan is judge. So that's the first half of my name. And then Eel is one of the names of God, the 22 names of God. So my name has told me since I first took my first breath that God is your only judge. Everything you do and all of your success, that's between you and God. No, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter if everybody in the world doesn't understand you because it's not between you and them. It's between you and God, right? So when we really start to understand all these vibrations and just like people are like, Oh, I just wish I could see angels. It's like, no angels are with you every step of the way. Right. Angels are what helped name you, you know, angels push you into that mode to, you know, stay at that coffee shop. So you cross paths with a new friend or, you know, all of these aspects are already kind of there and you become more sensitive to this through this connection to truth, through this connection and this service to love. Um, But as you're going through all these experiences your aura is just strengthening without you even knowing it, you know, because you've made this commitment, you've made this commitment to love and you've made this commitment to truth that you're actually in this process. So like no stone is left unturned. Like we look at our astrology, we look at our numerology, reflect on your name, okay? It plays a huge role, you know? And if you're not comfortable with your name, um, find a name that you are comfortable, but there's actually ways to look at a birth chart and see like what will what planets get activated by that vibration? What house gets activated? You might have a lot of stuff, a lot of confusion in that area, and your name kind of brings confusion. And that's why like actors and actresses change their name. It's not so much for an identity reasons, it's because they're trying to activate different aspects of their astrological houses. Now, they might not know exactly what's happening because their producer might just be like, this is your new name, and you're going to be on this movie. And then they're like, oh, okay. And they just kind of go with it. But somebody was actually looking through those occult aspects to kind of figure that out. Um, oh, you're, dude, um, huh, I can't believe you just said all that because first of all, that's amazing. Uh, I, I really appreciate that very in-depth explanation of that vibrational um, 
aspect of your name because I mean, dude. Okay, so I remember, <laughs> I remember I was in Joshua Tree. I just done an ayahuasca ceremony. How cliche, but um, Joshua Tree means a lot to me for other reasons, and I've talked about that in pod and the podcast. It's very close to us here in, in Arizona, but it's much like the same um, uh, vibration that we get here in in the high desert, low desert, everywhere throughout the state, which is you know allowing us to sort of see beyond um you know what we can with the light pollution and and joshua tree allows for that so i think i'm gonna have this extreme experience so i did and, and i can talk about this experience with ayahuasca another time um but a lot of affirmation came from it and the craziest thing that happened to me in that ceremony was when you come to your uh when 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 the sun starts to to rise in the morning no one's really gone to sleep. And so somewhere around, I don't know if it was like 7 a.m., everyone gathers again and we sort of exchange our experiences. And so when it came to me, I heard I heard all kinds of uh, experiences people had. And when it came to me, the first thing that came out of my mouth is I had finally made peace that I'm, uh, especially as a Gemini, that I am Eduardo and I am Eddie. And it was the first time I ever made peace with that. Because living in two countries, I've never been one or the other. I either wasn't Mexican enough when I lived in Mexico and I wasn't American enough when I lived here in the, in the States, especially with the name Eduardo. But Eddie gave me permission to have a relatable name that gives people a way to put their um, their guard down and my guard down when we would meet. So I, I let Eddie happen because I was like, oh, this is the only thing that softens the blow. Because it was to me, when I would introduce myself as Eduardo, especially if a teacher did it, oh my God, we have a new student. He just moved here from Mexico. His name is Eduardo. It's like, forget about it. You just like separated me from everybody. You know what I mean? Um, but that was all in my mind because as I got older, I used both names not as any kind of tactic, but uh, I relate to my main name as well, uh, my birth name. And it's the only name I know is Eduardo. Eddie, though, I always enjoyed how it gave people permission to want to talk to me. And that was about it. So I, I still go in between both. It's whatever makes you feel comfortable because I feel comfortable with both. But until I felt comfortable with both, I was the one who was pushing people away. My name could be Rudy for all, for all they know, but they were just like, oh, which one? And I get it, this question asked all the time. People are always like, what would you rather me call you? And now I just tell people like Eduardo because that's my name and that's how I feel. Eddie was something I think I used to mask um, sort of this intimidated vibe that I thought I was putting off, but I'm not. It's just, it's just me. It was just me. So I think it's amazing you just brought all that up because it does affect your aura. It does make people go like, well, what am I perceiving this guy as right now? Like, what mm -hmm. do you perceive yourself as right mm -hmm. now? Because it's like, well, you making peace with yourself, it's going to make me feel at peace when I'm sitting next to you. See what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I feel like a lot of people probably go through that. So I, I really, really, really can't say enough how great it is for you to, to bring that up and how important that is. You know what I mean? Um, and, and you know this already. All those listening right now, this is nothing prolific. Like, you know when someone's like, hey, what's going on, Ed? And you're like, um, uh, before we continue this conversation, like, don't ever call me Ed again. Someone's <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. And you're like, no, no, I'm sorry. I mean, you're okay. Don't don't feel right. Don't feel sad by that uh -huh. uh, uh, for calling me that. But don't ever call don't, me that again. It. And it's kind of interesting. That does. It's like the only thing we've, I've experienced more often than not, where people are like, I'm gonna have to pause the world for a second and be like, don't ever call me Judy. It's Judith. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. She really means that, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like some, something must've happened there that she doesn't relate to that vibrational, like mm-hmm. the, the, the sound of that doesn't really resonate with her. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So anyways, carry on, man. No, dude, I loved it. I loved it. Cause it's, it's so relevant. Cause it's something that we all experience. Yeah. I could, like I said, I, I can talk about the ayahuasca experience another time, but that was one of the most surprising things that came up to me when my turn came up between 32 people. They're like, what is mm-hmm. the most, what was the most prolific thing that happened to you during this like last nine hours in this yurt in the middle of nowhere? And I'm like that I needed to make peace that I am who I am. And the two names that I use is okay to use. It's not necessarily one's better than the other. It's how you feel about the name itself it's going to give the name its power and and so forth and people were looking at me like man i just went to like the astral realm and back and you're worried about like your name Mm -hmm. and i'm like no it's it's something that's affected me before you know Mm -hmm. what i mean as far as an identity so um yeah yeah no man i think it's i think that's that's awesome you know especially with our experiences of naming things and stuff and how the what we my name like of our animals it like follows the same kind of, you almost like help set up your animal's destiny by giving them a name. Cause they do, they kind of like form into that personality. Right. Which is so, so interesting. So yeah, it's a very, very powerful thing. And again, the spoken world is such a, such an amazing thing. And yeah, man, I would love to do a podcast. I mean, we, we are talking about, especially now as we're kind of making that move to the network, I think, a. You talking about your ayahuasca experience on like one of our roundtables when we get those roundtables going, I think that would be fantastic because then, you know, we could have Johnny on. He's had experiences, you know, I've had my share, fair share of psychedelic experience. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and we could just like have that conversation because I do think that would be a, a great fun uh, conversation just to kind of get out there. Um, so yeah, this, this light body is just such an interesting thing because again, it's, it's all the processes of developing it are what we've already kind of looked at. And so what we're really today is just, again, just kind of looking at the effect of it. Um, but just how much we have say in what gets generated with our light body, and that's going to be the control of our thoughts. So even the trivium is going to make itself here again, as I think, so I feel, so I act. And really, one of the things that if we can kind of pull something out of this to further our occult principles is really that idea that thoughts are an electric, uh, like electricity, and our feelings are magnetic. Right. Right. And this is going to be really important because as I think, so I feel, so I act. If we think negative thoughts and then attach negative feelings to that, that's exactly what we're going to be attracting into our life in the future. Yeah. Which is something we've we've talked about, right? So this idea of balancing out this system is really important um, because one thing we have to draw a line in the sand and give an awareness to at this point in our spiritual development is you might have a particular enjoyment in the feeling of being sad or depressed. Right. This is very important. So this is, we must, in this process of creating this light body and making this statement, we must activate our will to really develop the courage to give up the false pleasure of negative negative emotions. And that's really important. That's something that's going to kind of be within shadow work. And if it doesn't, if that doesn't really make sense to you, this might not be something that affects you, but you've probably seen this in somebody else. Um, 
So we go through this process so we can activate that will and develop the courage to give up this false pleasure of negative emotions. Because again, we can't lie with our aura. So there's no cloak like the cloak of our personality or our ego. Okay. We have to cease to secretly cherish self-destruction because we can actually see that through observation and reflection, you love your negative feelings. It's a path that you created at one point in your life, maybe in the childhood before you ever did, but it's a path that gets a lot of activity and it's very easy to flow into. And there's this honesty that we have to look at ourselves in this development that you have to reflect and really observe just how much you are in love with your negative feelings. Right. And the only way to transcend this is to love truth more. And that's like the process we're going to be kind of going through. So we really have to break these cycles of self-injury. In injury, and we really are going to kind of use this mind as a filtration process of keeping these negative thoughts out that get more powered and magnetically pull events to us that are negative when we attach these negative thoughts with these negative emotions. But there's this, there's this comfort that this false comfort that we create with ourselves where we let ourselves fall into these dark, depressed moments that we think as like, Oh, just like, Oh, I'm on the bus. And I started, you know, I was just daydreaming. And then all of a sudden I was starting to think about like failed relationships. And I thought about this. And by the time I got home, I was in this depression again, but you're like, oh, but I'm actually comfortable in this. I don't even realize it, but I'm actually comfortable in this depression because it's something I can control and I can just go into it whenever I want. And, but for the majority of the day, I'm healthy and it's fine. And so I kick myself out of it and everything's good, which is good. You kicked yourself out of it, but you don't know the damages that that costs your aura by slipping into that. Yeah. So there's this will that has to be developed. That's just like, no, I'm no longer going to even address those emotions. You know, when they do come arise, we try to, you know, don't beat yourself up over it and really approach that over self. So you can kind of watch them and become a watcher of it and be like, okay, where are these coming from? So I can kind of work on getting it through. But there's this pleasure that we get in wild emotions. You've seen this when people tap into it when they're arguing or they're frantic about something. They become something that they're not. And this is the same thing with like these depression and these like negative processes that we give into ourselves and per and we don't understand the damage that's actually done on our aura. And what that's going to do is when we have these negative emotions cuz our aura already also attracts, we're going to going to be attracting those negative events, right? And then also our aura is weakened. So now outside events are going to have more destruction on us. Okay. So again, the only way to break this cycle is we must love truth more. And this is beautifully put in the tarot card, the chariot. Okay. And a lot of times it's two horses, but I really like the old Egyptian style because it was two dogs and they're those Egyptian awesome looking dogs. Um, and this is kind of like what it's based off of. Um, but what they mean is that's pretty much like your two pillars within your brain. Mm -hmm. And those dogs are the watchdog of whatever's coming in and they block out any negative thought because they know that that will start the process of negative manifestation. Right. So you have these guard dogs in your mind, which is, again, we're kind of building that security blanket. Um, it's the, it's, it's the guarders. It's like the guardians of the thought, right? Um, because this, 
this aspect of these negative emotions um, can be so destructive. Like, did you ever see that beautiful anime movie, Howl's Moving Castle? No. Oh, you got to see it. Like, it's just a great movie. Um, I love that director. I always mess up his name. So if you know that director, I know you just said it out loud. And you're like, Daniel, you can't say that. I'm like, yeah, not really clearly. So he does Howl's Moving Castle. Um, He's done all these great movies, like Spirited Away, right? And Howl's Moving Castle, it's about this magician, right? And he's really cool. He's got like multiple different realities that he can switch through. Um, But at one point, the girl that's staying with him who's under the spell and she's like an old lady, but she's actually a young lady, like cleans his bathroom and moves stuff around. And he by accidentally like bleaches his hair. And like you, this whole time you think this man is this master magician and he is, he can fly. He's how like he's famous within all these communities. Um, And he has a complete breakdown because now his like beautiful black hair has been like bleached what like yellow. And all of a sudden you see insecurities and he's just like, Oh, I'm ugly. There's no point in living. And he, and it, because it's animation, which I love about anime, he turns into this like goo. Like it's just this ooze that he turns into. And he turns into like this disgusting gunk. And it's just like this mud stuff. And it's just like dripping down. Um, and like, everybody's kind of freaking out. And she like throws him in the bathtub, which is going to be the indication of like, dropping back down into the like the waters of life right and kind of giving a rebirth and then he's going to wake up and be okay but you can just see how destructive and how it's just it just like oozes out terribleness Mm -hmm. these depression and these thoughts you know um and this is so important because what this story is really showing us and kind of connected to another story is the story of dracula because Dracula is going to suck your life force, but you have to give permission Dracula to enter your house. Vampires can't just come into your window at night. You have to give them permission. That's what that whole story is about. You have to invite anything that's going to suck your life force into your life. Right. You were smart enough to let a sociopathic being, um, or, or distinguish between, you know, uh, how they've just sort of like let themselves into your life. Like right. you have to be strong you, enough to be like, Hey, something here is shifty. So I'm just not going to per- give permission to right. it. But that's why he is who he is because he's like able to charm his way through exactly your, the block that you should be able to create. And be like, mm, I don't know about this, you know, yeah. you know, and that's it. He preys on your insecurity, which is what you, gives you the permission to let him in. Let him in. And then you think about it. And then we go back to the alchemist viewpoint on this is nobody can hurt you other than yourself. Like they can do all the physical pain in the world, but if you really know who you are, they can't hurt you. Right. You know, they can hurt your body, but they can never hurt your soul. Um, we invite all of this in. Totally. And I, I wanted to add if everything you're saying, I like in the, there's a quote by Edgar Casey that he says, um, uh, he says, so when I see an aura, uh, I quote, uh, of its, um, when I see an aura, um, I basically, uh, I see the man as he is. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's, he's describing that, you know, like it's really in you, you know, mm-hmm. how this is going to emanate, you know, based on like what you're letting in and how you're letting yourself be expressed out, out mm-hmm. there. Um, I mean, his quote's a lot longer. He says, an aura is an effect, not a cause. And every atom, every molecule tells the story of itself, its pattern, its purpose through the vibration which emanate from it. And so, um, but yeah, yeah. So what you're what's exactly what you're saying. It's just like, you know, it's like what you're letting in and how you're you know, navigating through that, you know, is, is going to have a lot to do with 
you know, the energy that you're feeling. I need to see that movie that you're talking about. Cause that's, that sounds fantastic. It's interesting that that's a real thing that can actually happen to people. It's like one thing shifts in their, uh, awareness of themselves in the physical sense in this case. And then it's like, Oh, now it's all gone. Right. It's like, Oh, and people are like, Oh, you even seem less taller than before. I don't yes. know what's going on. You seem like you've shrunken in a way. Uh-huh. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah. And just how, how quick and easy it is to kind of like tap back into that. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's just the importance of keeping our thoughts pure because that's the start of the cycle. And if we can start there, it's everything will kind of move into motion, you know, and really observe our emotions. And that's again, why we're the, the light body. What it does is when you, you know, you turn it on, it connects you to that over self. It starts to turn on those higher octave chakras. So you are tapping into that universal mind and you're really lighting yourself up. And this, this actually the expression of your DNA, DNA actually starts to express more right? because so much part of your DNA is dormant. And this is the biggest indicator of what actually activates is your more DNA. It's this more deeper understanding of the connection of all. And as we get to understand the connection of all and really see our placement within it, right. more of that DNA is going to be activated to create this light body. And if we want to, um, you know, and we, again, we just like talk, we always just like, have like the Gnostic five minute of every podcast. I'm like, and the Gnostics believe, right? Cause I love the Gnostics, but the Gnostics really saw this light body um, as the way, and really the, the East is going to be kind of in agreements on this. This light body is what you travel into to get past the cycles of reincarnation. So this light body is what has to be created for you to make it out of this realm. And that's, again, why the Merkaba has kind of always been the platonic um, kind of solid that they kind of look at for this. Yeah. Um, and Merkaba just breaks down a chariot cart. And that's really what this kind of stands for. It's, it's like this light body chariot cart that we kind of make. I mean, it's kind of really the, the connection of all of it is like kind of all the platonic solids kind of making its manifestation around you. Um, but the Gnostics felt like the Archons, which is the fallen angels, would actually sit right on the edge of this realm. And as souls are going to leave, they pull them back down and they recycle them back into life. Mm. And the only way to make it past the Archons and get past and get closer back to Sophia, which is like the whole journey, is to activate this light body fully because they can't see you. Because the only way to, you know, graduate out of the world of the shadows is to become light. You have to shed your shadow. And so that's exactly what you do in this process. So they felt the only way that you can escape the cycle of reincarnation was through the activation and the full embodiment of this light body. And then that's what actually lets you sleep past the archons. So really, really kind of interesting aspect to kind of think about that for the, um, for that understanding of, you know, how this all kind of plays in and the beauty of the connection of the East and the West, because it's very much similar to kind of like the Buddhist aspect right. of the multiple lives. And it's not until you've completely, you know, filled in that potential shadow of what you needed to do in consciousness that you're allowed to kind of graduate through that. And the only way to fully understand why you your role in this great plan is to activate the plan within you so it can kind of light the way. And that's kind of what we're seeing. Uh, so not only like the way um, within this realm, but also your transport to get out of this realm. So you don't just keep living in this five sense reality and you can make your 
ascent to the great white lodge. Absolutely. Right. Where we're all meeting up and we're going to party. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. I really do. Um, well, you know, there's there's still so many things that I'd like to cover. And I think what we're going to do is, like you said, we're, we'll, we'll bring up this idea of the chakras uh, in, in alignment in order to reach that eighth chakra and, and the energy field that surrounds us once everything is aligned. So stay tuned because I know we barely, you know, mm-hmm. it's touch the surface with, with, with the chakras and having, you know, the proper meditations that allow you to sort of like get comfortable Um feel comfortable in order to like let that energy um come through without there being sort of um a reason to deny it and i feel like that's that's a meditation in itself you know what i mean like i've had to do a lot of that over the last uh weekend and 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 then and there really are there energies that have come through and it's how i face them and what it's going to happen because nothing's going to change you know like someone can deny you something and you can be upset about it but it's important to recognize how to be upset and let it go in that same in that same moment versus mm. being like, well, now I'm going to fester this for the next two three days. And if if I were to see them face to face, is what I would say to them: like you're just really poisoning your own self, and and therefore the things around you also follow suit. And so that's mm. what I avoid all my life. That's my only way of like getting through life um, is never being hung up on the injustice that's happened to me. That's why I always find it very bizarre that there's people out there who really want to voice their opinion on how hurt they've been or been made to feel hurt because I'm like, well, the only thing you're going to do now is carry the hurt around like some large ass suitcase. Mm -hmm. So every room you walk in, people already feel uncomfortable because you're like, Mm -hmm. no, but you got to see what's in the suitcase. These are the past. Um, I'm carrying my past around. Um, so I can show you what people have done to me. And most people are like, yeah, well, (laughs) Mm-hmm. okay like mm-hmm. you know i just don't have enough time to like watch you explain like all the hardships you've been through because we all been through it mm-hmm. and and something that lends itself really easily to people as they get older is that you have more and more permission to just like let that go and not carry that around but i think there's a period in your life where you have to understand like what's the purpose of just carrying this this baggage you know um because it's just gonna dim that aura mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then nothing else no other doors open for you. And I know you've lived that life and I've lived that life before where, you know, people can sense it really, really, really well that, um, something's not a hundred percent in you right now. And so, you know, you're denied a job or you're denied a, a friendship or a relationship because a of sandwich. That. a sandwich, <laughs> a free sandwich, you know? Yeah. The best, the best things that have ever happened to me is when I've had nothing to prove to myself and nothing to prove to anyone else. And then people are like, Oh, like, what a weird, like, you know, I, I stopped using the word coincidence because too many times things like that would happen where yeah. I'm like, I show up to a place and I'm like, well, I know that there's no way I'm going to get in. And somehow my friends are like, oh, I worked so hard to get these tickets to the show. And then somehow at the show, I'm backstage mm-hmm. because some guy literally threw his back out and I was just like walking. And then before you know, the guy's like, hey, can you give me a hand? I'm like, sure. And then later in the show, as it's over, people are like, you missed it out. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Right. Yeah, well. I was backstage and they're like, what'd you, what, what did you do to do that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just literally just got, got out of the way and just let go. Yep. And, um, yeah, man, I hope that, uh, this episode is sort of, you know, allowed for us to sort of express our opinion on, on what we think of Enora, but, uh, I guess there's, there's a lot more to be said about them. And, and so like everything else, you know, there'll, there'll be more coming. Right. You know, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you want to add? 
No, I mean, um, no, I don't think so. I think we're, we've got some exciting ones kind of planned in the future and then even bigger stuff kind of coming in the future. So yeah, again, just thank you for all the support on the patron. Um, we made 50,000 followers on Instagram, which is insanely crazy. So crazy. huge support for that. Um, everybody who shares just, we've, you're all of our best friends and I can't wait to have the biggest birthday party in the world one day and everybody's going to come and we're just going to laugh and laugh and laugh. It's going to be the best. <laughs> it will be the best, man. Um, cool, man. Well, that being said, until next time. Until next time. Excellent.